Hey, welcome everyone. This is Dan with the Spiritual Underground Podcast coming to you from my little wood shop in my backyard, uh, better known as DTM Woodwork. DTM Woodwork, a handyman. Uh, you can get a hold of me at 502 292 7444 if you got any handyman or woodworking uh, needs, in, specifically in the Louisville metropolitan area. I uh, do want to talk about 12 Step Spiritual Recovery. That is a book by James Christopher Cohn. Um, it's the big book. It's it's the 12 steps for everyone. It also uh, fills a hole where if you uh, maybe are a little dry in your current 12-step program or feeling like you need a little bit deeper dive, it will guide you in that effort. And um, we're having meetings here in the Louisville area and there's Zoom, so anybody can get to them anywhere. Just go to 12stepspiritualrecovery.com or contact me and I will hook you up. Uh, music wrapped around this podcast by Darren Frank. Uh, Darren doing pretty good. Been seeing a lot of him on Zoom here lately. And, you know, Zoom's not a bad thing uh, in that regard because a guy who's uh, stuck in a physical rehab facility gets to come to meetings because, and he would, he'd be missing the meetings if it wasn't for Zoom. So, um, and I'd be remiss if I didn't speak of my buddy Jesse who uh, produces that music. Uh Lost my friend Jesse that produces this uh, music just not too awful damn long ago. Same. Uh, had got a year of sobriety and went back out and uh, ended up in a car crash. So my guest today uh, is a guy, and I remember, I'm pretty sure where I met him at was, uh, you all heard me talk about this meditation meeting. It was at Jerry's house, and uh, it kind of, it was the... When when I couldn't find my way back into AA rooms, uh, I could find my way to that meditation meeting. And uh, I'll be doggone if that didn't open the gate for me to get back into the rooms and, and get to the sobriety date I currently hold. Um, so I met Stephen in that... Uh, in that meditation meeting, at best I can recall. Mm-hmm. That was a really, really cool time, you know, was... Uh, Folks that were kind of raw for the most part, uh, trying to make their way, try to find some kind of uh, new way to go at it, and and man, I'll, I'll be forever grateful for to Jerry for holding those meetings back at that period of time. Um, so we'll get on with the show. What's your sobriety date? My sobriety date is January eighth of twenty seventeen. Celebrated 8th. four years. Nice, just the other day. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Thank Congratulations, you. Congratulations, man. Come a long way. Yeah. It's uh it one you know, what it's it's a funny dynamic. Felt like that first year took forever. Uh-huh. And it's just like growing older too, you know. Every year seems to be going faster and faster and True. you know, I settled in, seemed like, you know, by the time you've been sober a few years, you know, it's not a fight anymore. You know, for the longest time, it was still uh, one of the primary things on my mind. Oh, yeah. yeah. By that amount of time, it started being back a little ways, and I know I'm never cured. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, so did you grow up around here? Yeah, uh, I was born in uh, Hopewell, Virginia, and moved moved to Wyoming when I was young and and pretty much lived in southern Indiana my whole life, so. That's what, I'm New Albany, born and bred. Yeah, yeah. yeah. uh, Outside of the little excursion uh, of, I don't even know, in my early 20s, and I was farting around. I've never lived anyplace else. Shacked up with a girlfriend in Louisville for a little bit back then. but Yeah, yeah, I lived in uh, Louisville for a small period of time as well, but Yeah, mainly here. How was your family life? What is all that growing up and all that business? You got a brother, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I got a younger brother. Uh, 
what, like three years younger than me, and then I have a older sister as well. She's uh, like a year and a half older than I am. So, oh, yeah. Uh, the family life, you know, uh, that was good, man. Uh, you know, I can recall uh, my mom taking us on a lot of uh, vacations and family trips and to the beach and stuff a lot. Uh, on the other hand, my dad, uh, the majority of the time, he never went with us. You mm. know, he was either working or or, or sleeping or, or doing his thing, uh, you know, not to diss my dad or, or what have you, but, you know, that's just the way I, I perceived it, you right. know, and a lot of times that might not have been that way, but, uh, you know, his excuse for not going to the, the beach or the ocean was getting air in his water or, or water in his air, excuse me, uh, you know, and, and it was kind of different, you know, and. My dad didn't like to go on vacations with the family. Yeah, we'd yeah. Go, Mom and I mean, we did. I want to be careful, but there was a lot of places we'd go. Dad just hang back. Sure, sure. And, and, and I can recall one time, uh, you know, we were supposed to go to Virginia to check out where we used to live and all that. And uh, we had a truck, and my dad bought a camper to put on the truck, and we was in the back of the truck, and we got in, in a little argument. Uh, I guess me and my brother and sister, like halfway, halfway there. And my dad just turned around and we come back, you oh, know. Yeah. So, like, one of the only trips that we was going to take younger. Uh, I mean, not to get it wrong, you know, uh, my dad's family lived in New Orleans and stuff. And uh, we used to go to New Orleans to see family, oh. you know, every couple of years and stuff. But other than that, uh, that was pretty much that. Uh, you know, when I was uh, 11 years old, 1991, my dad was off in war, uh, mm. you know, and all that stuff, Desert Storm and – you know, my mom was raising us during that time, and situations led one to another. And uh, you know, I I, I can uh, recall looking back how they was wasn't really getting along uh, before my dad went to war. But needless to say, situations happened. My mom met another guy while he was in war, and my dad come back from war uh, pretty much with nothing, hmm. with uh, no money, and my mom and us to moved out to Clarksville. Uh, what used to be Hallmark Apartments, and you know, and that was all the time my life really started drastically changing. Yeah. So. Yeah. That. Uh, I, some people think it's a little bit of a too heavy a word for it, but I still do think it's like trauma, man. It's something that you don't sure. know how to mentally handle. You yeah. Know? Got this big shakeup in your life, and it really didn't have nothing to do with me, but I'm in uh, the middle of it, and. And uh, we was never really the kind of family that sat down at the kitchen table and discussed, uh, you know, our lives and our feelings and mm -hmm. none of that. You know, I've always bottled all that stuff up. And, yeah. Uh, I know today that it, it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. You know. Um, That's what this, having people to talk to, man, where I get to discharge all that stuff today and don't have to hold on to it, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and my mom, she tried to take me to counseling. Uh you know, I I can recall, I, I was super selfish, young man. Uh, I'm I'm talking nine, ten, eleven years old, like already stealing from my parents mm. and, and doing inappropriate stuff. And uh, my mom was baffled and didn't really know what to do. Uh, so she, she took me to counseling and and we discussed, you know, how basically I would steal money out of her purse and stuff. And the therapist suggested that uh, my mom put money in the side of her purse in a pocket or what have you and. Uh, and I still that. It was kind of like reverse psychology. I didn't want to do it that way. You know, I wanted to do it and get get away with it. 
Uh, but yeah, I was just super selfish and, and uh, inconsiderate and disrespectful at an early age, you know. Uh, looking back, it's, it's, it's just crazy, you know, it really is. Yeah, yeah. So. Past gets a little clearer once I clear it up and I start, you know, I get falls under that more will be disclosed, the more. Yeah, oh yeah, so can. definitely well, more work to be done. Yeah, always. What, how how about how old was you when you started using or drinking or what was your yeah everybody uh, remembers their first one usually I do remember my first time drinking uh, it was around all this time period like I said um, eleven years old 1991 my my mom had some friends over at the house uh, one of the guys there was the guy who she ended up hooking up with but uh, you know it was a bright sunny day uh, everybody was outside partying uh, sunbathing loud music and I never really uh, I was never really uh, exposed to this kind of atmosphere before this. Hmm. You know, it was always just, you know, uh, basic living or not really allowed partying and all that. And uh, I know today that it was basic, basically a resentment, you know, probably one of my earliest resentments that uh, of this situation, uh, you know, thinking about my dad being off at war and all this and that. And, and, and I popped open the refrigerator and there was a bunch of wine coolers in there. And, uh, and for some reason, you know, I just popped them open and started drinking them. And, uh, you know, the big book talks about it. I was irritable, restless, discontented already. You know, I had all them crazy feelings, uh, being insecure, inadequate, uh, you know, for some stuff that happened to me previously uh, before I even took a drink, you know, inappropriate things, uh, you know, which I used to be completely ashamed to talk about. And, and uh, you know, I'm opening up to this kind of stuff more now. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know now that it's happened to a lot of people in yeah. life, you yeah. know, and, and, uh, uh, and due to the 12 step processes, it's helped me to, to process this kind of stuff, you know, and realize and, and, uh, quit playing the victim role, uh, you know, and using it for excuses to get tore up my whole life to kind of drown all that kind of feelings and then insecurities and, uh, you know, the guilt and the shame and the remorse and all that that comes with yep. it. So, yeah, just a cycle. Just yes. more. We try to we yes. try to bury it underneath of that, and we yeah. create more, and we gotta bury that, and true, and uh, keeps on going. Yeah, it's a. <clears throat> I'm beginning to think that there's very few humans escape uh, some kind of sexual problem, some kind of deal where they've been uh, what is it, uh, messed with. Mm -hmm. in some kind of way you know and and we get to sitting around thinking i'm the only one in the world ever had that happen to yeah. me and you get in here and you realize oh uh hell i don't know anybody it ain't <laughs> yeah yeah and from that stems all kind of other sicknesses you know you know i just from that leap you know uh all kind of other inappropriate things happened in my life and i've done inappropriate things you know and just the craziness of the vicious cycle that comes with yeah with that you know and I'm grateful today that I can actually take a look at it, you know, and work through that stuff today. Because used to, uh, I just get them built up resentments in my head, and it would just fester. Uh, and they never go away. It you know, never goes. Yeah. Pile around, yeah. Pile up. Oh yeah. We got a little uh, thing we talk about, like you know, I got a. I'm carrying around a garbage can on my back. It's got backpacks 
straps on it. Every experience I get in life, I'm mm-hmm. tossing it in that can, in you know. Yeah. And they just keep on piling up. And there's some good stuff in that can, too. But we've yeah. got that negative bias thing goes on. So sure. an ounce of negativity weighs more than a pound of positivity. Yeah. So yeah. You know, oh, yeah. that's the only thing I can think about. Yeah. Major. But you said we get to get that out here and uh, and clean it up or whatever you know process, process it and it, put yeah. it where it's supposed to be sure. you know put it up on the shelf let it go and give it to God yeah you use know. it to help somebody else and keep keep moving forward that's right you know my, my sponsor and I talk about a lot about that you know that was the past don't regret the past shut the door on it uh, but I don't have to continue to live in it yeah. you know right. and, and the feelings and the the negativity you know and, and change my perspective. So, yeah. Uh, so, did you, you that you used 10, 11, 12 years old, someplace like that, when you first started drinking? Yeah, 11 years old. Uh, you know, and, and like I mentioned, uh, my mom moved, we moved out to Clarksville, and, and my dad come back, uh, pretty much nothing. He lived in uh, the house we had on Jollison Lane, basically, until the banks foreclosed it or what have you. Um, so I changed schools and all that, and and that in itself, uh, you know, uh, brings feelings. You know, changing schools and changing people, and already having a nervous disposition inside of me. You, you know, feeling uncomfortable in my own skin, and uh, the drinking picked up. You know, uh, by the time I'm in middle school, I'm going to the Greyhound supermarket, stealing fits of Mad Dog 2020 uh, every morning before school. Oh, wow. Um, I'm like pretty much every morning. You know, as soon as, as soon as they open, we run in there, get it, chug it, get on the school bus, uh, go to the alley, Clarksville Middle School. There's an alley back there and uh, get a little pinners, uh, you know, little $5 pinners, and we smoke at, and, and that's what my day consisted of. Yeah. Uh, you know, smoking and drinking, and uh, at an early age, you know, and yeah, I didn't really drink and go to school, but man, I, it, I was, I don't think I spent many hours in high school not high. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, we 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 smoked super tough, you know, from from uh, before school, and, and we'd sneak out at lunchtime and smoke, and and after school, and uh, you know, the party was on. Yeah, so. that's what it felt like anyway. Yeah, and the truth of the matter was a. Uh, I had a hell of a lot of good times in Sunday. Yeah, yeah. At that time, uh, a lot of it was fun. You know, it wasn't really a whole lot of consequences. Uh, I heard I heard you talking to Bo about the smell and stuff, and, and it made me think about it, you know, how much I really stunk and, and, and smoking. You know, there was a lot of good skunk weed back in, and I know I stunk. You know, because I smell it now while I'm moving around. Sometimes I smell it in somebody's car. Yeah, you know, oh yeah. And I can go to the grocery store and just yeah, like, sure. Because uh, people are smoking, you know, that's still around, and yeah. I don't think people are hiding it as much as they used to. Yeah, you know? oh yeah. And uh, so I know I smell like a skunk walking in after lunch. Yeah. And I remember the teachers looking at us too, or me and me and a buddy who uh, we had. And then I think it was in my sophomore year, we had a split class. And mm-hmm. New Albany High School had an open campus, so you could leave. Uh-huh. And uh, <clears throat> and he just lived around the corner. And uh, uh-huh. his uh, parents always had a lot of pot. They were dealers. And, yeah. uh, oh, so yeah. we could get it from them. And uh, and we would leave and go to lunch and come back to the same class. So the same teacher saw you yeah. a little bit ago. Sure. And then you come back. Yeah. And we Eyes think all red. Yeah, we think we're pulling something in. off on him. But I remember him giving us those look. You know, he'd look and, like, shake his head at us. But we were doing 
We did good. In, I did good in school. Uh-huh. Uh, I wish I would have. You know, I didn't apply myself. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I just found one thing was is that uh, by doing good in school, kept a lot of people off my ass. You know, mm-hmm. if I just did okay in school, I could get away with a lot of other things. Yeah, I was. I was always in trouble. I was one of them troubled kids and. You know, they tried and they put me in different classes and try to adjust me. Go and see the principal all the time and getting in fights and being a class clown and, and always joking around and uh, stealing stuff. You know, I've been busted stealing in school several times. Mm. You know, I remember there was some kind of collection or something and I knew this teacher had it and it was in his drawer and I pulled out this big bank bag uh, in front of like the whole class. The whole class seen me do it and he was, the teacher was in the back. This come, just come to my mind. But mm-hmm. The teacher was in the back uh, and there was a big window where he turned around just in time to see me grab that bag and uh, you know, the feelings of fear and I'm like, fuck, I done got caught and um, I think I got suspended for a few days but you know, just completely selfish and, and no regard to any of that. Yeah. Uh, you think I, I – do you have any kids? I do. I yeah. do now. Uh, well, I watch got, them uh, doing their antics. And I got, my kids are okay, I mean, but they, they still are toying around with the stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm like, man, I don't know that there was anything anybody could have done to me to make me not – take the path I was taking. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. even when I get in trouble, didn't get – you know, it, it's almost like predestined. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, I had multiple, multiple felonies as a juvenile. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, always in the court systems and, and in juvenile detention and the youth shelter. and uh, You know, my dad, uh, where he worked, uh, his boss's sister or daughter or something uh, worked in the court system. Uh, so they just smacked me on the wrist uh, and let me go. You know, I probably should have went to juvenile uh, boys' school uh, on multiple occasions, mm-hmm. you know, but they would just smack me on my wrist and and put me on a little probation. Or no, Don't do that again. Yeah. Wag, yeah. wag their finger at your nose. and. But I can remember, like, you know, uh, I didn't care, you know, just like no regard, hmm. as, as sad as it is, you know. I mean, my mom and my dad and everybody would try to help me, and they would almost turn a blind eye to it. Or, or you know, looking back, some of the stuff I did, you know, stealing clothes all the time. Hmm. You know, I always had brand-new clothes, and Tommy Hilfiger was in style back then, so I'd go in dealers and just steal Tommy Hilfiger clothes and uh, just all kind of inappropriate stuff, you know, and – it was, did the stealing give you, like, the rush? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah me yeah. too. I was going to say, I found that later on. You know, I, oh, yeah. I ended up you know, getting a lot of trouble for stealing pills, and I and I, it actually dawned on me at one point, part of what I like is that. Adrenaline thrill. rush, sure. Yeah, the excitement. Um, excitement to get away. Or, uh, and I used to thrive off that, yeah. you know, big time. Uh, so it's like a head change, you know. It's like yeah. getting high. Yeah, for sure. Did you make it out of high school? Uh, I mean, yeah, I made it out of high school. <laughs> I, di- I didn't graduate. Um, and, and looking at that whole thing, it was, uh, you know, I went from from Clarksville High School. My, went there my freshman and, and uh, sophomore year. And then we moved. My mom moved. And, and during this time, I was – I lived with my grandma for a small period of time because – me and my mom's boyfriend got caught stealing a lawnmower from Home Depot. <laughs> or actually, concrete lady, we got caught 
stealing this big fountain thing up there, and they come to the house, and we had all kind of yeah, stolen lawnmowers in the backyard and all kind of stuff. So uh, the judge, instead of going to boys' school, uh, I moved in with my grandma, and, and thank God I did uh, for like six months, and I got to know her a lot better, mm. and, and we hung out tough and stuff. I miss her. You know, she passed away a few years back. Yeah. Uh, did you? It was like 2010 when she passed away. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, did that change you any when you started living with her, or was it just carried on? Yeah. Uh, you know, I got this little rink-a-dink job and somewhat my first love. and uh, there, there was a change. There was a slowdown in the party and the atmosphere, you know. I, I was working and going to school and, and living with my grandma. and uh, Yeah, I, I settled down for a small, brief period of time. Yeah, I can relate to that. But it didn't last long. Yeah, you know, I, I went back to my mom's house uh, before the, dro- the 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 court order was up. Uh, you know, we was like, "Well, they ain't gonna find that anyway." Oh, so actually, you were court ordered to sleep. Yeah, oh yeah, because it wasn't good at home. Yes, you know, and, and the influence uh, between my mom's boyfriend and uh, the whole situation. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was court ordered there. Let me know if you want a bottle of water or something else. Nah, I'm good. I'm good. I, yeah, still, I still drink a lot. Just no <clears throat> alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about the school thing, I went to Jeff High, uh, you know, there for a couple years, my junior and senior year. And, and once again, I felt like I didn't fit in. You know, it was such a bigger school and and my feelings of, of insecurity and, and not living up and, and belittled, you know. I just always felt just, uh and that's one reason why I self-medicated, you know, using using drinking and, and, and drugs as a solution. Uh, and it would work, you know, for, for a period of time, for, you know, whatever. But, Make me feel better about myself, plus it would give me what I thought were friends because yeah. the people who were doing it with me. Sure, sure. Uh, so, yeah, it filled some holes on my end of things like that trying to fit in. Yeah. But I made it three-quarters of the way through my senior year and got in a fight with this guy. Uh I was at Prosser, and he was a young dude. I mean, not a young dude, a little dude. And he talked smack all the time, you know, mm-hmm. to try and impress his friends. And one day I just got sick and tired of it. And, and uh, I had this guy come pick me up who's no longer here. He died from a from a direct result of this, man. But uh-huh. He picked me up, and uh, we followed him to his house. And I literally uh, messed him up really bad, you know, knocked his eye out of his socket and and went to school the next day, and they uh, expelled me. And, and during this time, uh, my granny just passed away, and I used that for an excuse not to get back into school. You know, I'd say, oh, I'd go back next year and didn't, or get my GED. I never even got my GED. Hmm. And it got to the point to where I t- would tell everybody, uh, I know I'm smart enough. I don't need to prove it to anybody else. Yeah. Uh, you know, my, my mom and my dad still gets on me all the time that, hmm. that I should get it. Um, but at this point in my life, it's like I don't see why, <laughs> you know. I understand that. Yeah, I don't know what what real value it would be. You're self-employed. Self-employed, so, yeah. And your boss don't require one. No, no. <laughs> you don't require no, – not at all. And I used to always lie about it, you know, at different jobs and say I got it. and Yeah, I, I've never gotten it. Yeah, I wonder if they ever check that out. You know? Most of the time they don't. Yeah. 
right down even graduating high school or whatever. They probably don't even yeah. don't go check you out, see if you really Yeah, I graduate. always would say I graduated from Jeff High, you know, yeah. 1999. I'm sure, like, you know, other kind of careers and stuff will require, you know, yeah. most of them. Uh, There's what you were doing. So, what did you learn to do what you do? How did I learn? Yeah. Uh, a lot of it self-taught, you know. When I when I was young, uh, started roofing with a buddy's dad. Same guy I was just talking about that passed away. Uh, you know, Josh started roofing with his his dad and uh, started picking up different trades. Um, just kicking around working. Yeah, from, from roofing, you know, I've done it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, welder, I was I was an iron worker for seven and a half years. Who were you? Yeah. So, uh, you know, just picking it up slowly but surely. Yep. <clears throat> learning drywall by, you know, getting in fights or punching holes in the wall and, <laughs> and learning how to fix it myself before my mom got home, you know. <laughs> and, and painting, uh, you know, and all that kind of stuff. I, I was the – I'm the older the older son, uh, you know, and we wasn't super wealthy or whatever. So if we needed something done, I was always the one to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I tell people when I'm out working, they say, how you learn to do all this? And my dad really taught me how to do most uh-huh. of it, but it wasn't really by choice. It was because yeah. it was, come help me do this. Uh-huh. <laughs> and my dad, uh, you know, he my dad taught me a lot as well. Um, one, one of my earlier first resentments is, we talk about this today. Um, he says it went one way, my perception said it went another way, but he was building a, building a nice uh, garage on the back of the house and building a deck and stuff. And and uh, I, I thought that I was talking about I wanted to help him and learn, but he said it didn't go that way. Uh, you know, but I was at that age, I was always the kind of guy that would take his tools and leave them out in the yard, and he'd get all pissed off about that and couldn't find his tools. And... Uh, I mean, I was so crazy that, that at that age, 11, 10, 11 years old, I was ripping shingles off the house and throwing them at cars driving by. <laughs> you know, a, a truck, throwing them at a truck, and they slam on their brakes. I'm like, oh, shit, you know. And uh, I take off and jump the fence, and, and uh, my dad's yelling for me and all this. and Just insane. You know, at an early age, uh, already getting full flight from reality and, and uh, really off the beam at an early age. Yeah. Yeah, I was definitely off the rails in my behavior by the time I was during high school. I mean, it gets so foggy now, but I went to Prosser too. Mm-hmm. Uh, went over in drafting, and that's what ended up nice. kicking my. You know, worked at a place for twenty eight years up until a couple of years ago. Nice. Uh, and it was from that from Prosser basically. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And but being high there every day, you know, and there was a big long period in that uh, time there where uh I knew the dude that was selling coke, and he didn't have a car. Yeah. And so if I would take him, if I would take him where he needed to go, <laughs> he'd pay me that way. Yeah, throw you a little bit. Yeah, and uh, and he kept me pretty well, kept me pretty well stocked up for a long time uh, uh-huh. doing that. I think, and I was a senior in high school, I think, and it was a pretty good stretch. Uh, but that just seems cr- so crazy to me now to think about because I just turned fi- I well, I just turned fifty one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm forty. To uh, how off the chain I was, what I was doing all oh, the yeah. way back then, man, tripping acid all the time. Yeah, and, uh, you know, if there was something to do, I did it. Yeah. The party was on, you know. Uh, 
Yeah, cocaine and uh, yeah. I was like 14 years old. Uh, first time I experimented with anything, and it was crack. Mm. And I don't know how we learned how to do it. Uh, we uh, rode our bicycles, the the national, the hood, right there off uh, Eastman Boulevard in Jeffersonville, and, and bought a twenty piece of crack and put it on cocaine with ashes, and was in a Clarksville Little League baseball dugout smoking crack. Mm. Uh, you know, thirteen, fourteen years old. You, know, you mentioned acid. You, you know, we did that all the time in high school and. Uh, Pain pills started to kick in around that time, and yep. And then uh, there's some drugs I didn't do, but it's only because I didn't run into them. Sure. <laughs> if they'd been available, I'd tried it. But I do remember being a little scared once in a while when you start something new. Uh, that little bit of, it, but that was almost like the same kind of rush. Almost like whenever I'd steal something, or we'd do that same. Uh-huh. You know what we used to do? We used to go to the grocery store and buy cans of biscuits. Uh-huh, biscuits. And throw them at cars. Yeah. Because they sound like a brick when they hit the side <laughs> of the car. <laughs> and then the same thing, you know, they'd lock up their brakes and come yeah. after us, and we'd run. And, yeah. Uh, and biscuits, biscuits is cheap. Yeah. Uh, we, we've done eggs and toilet paper and stuff. I've never done the biscuit deal. Yeah, I don't have any ideas. One of my friend's ideas. <laughs> and it really come off of snowballing. You know, hitting cars with snowballs when uh-huh. there was uh, when there was snow on the ground yeah. and the snow was gone. So did you take them out of the can and yeah, you take them up? out, man. Water them up into yeah. a little ball, just each individual <laughs> one, and they hit like a brick too, man. Mm. I mean, sometimes they even stick. Plop. Mm-hmm. You know, huh? And they're cheap, but we probably didn't pay for them. Yeah. So things kept progressing. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely progressing. Uh, you know. For some reason, I always looked up to the people. Uh, like I said, I, I didn't uh, complete high school, and the, and the party was on. Um, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old, uh, we'd be up there cruising the mall, Grinchy Mall, River Falls Mall, and going to going to keg parties every weekend, and, and everybody meeting up there. And uh, yeah, it, it 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 steadily progressed. Um, you know, from from the beer and, and the whiskey, uh, to you know the 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 rave scene started kicking in for me, and we started going to raves, and and uh, always looked up to the to the dope dealers and all that. Mm-hmm. So I started selling drugs. Um, Decide, decided on a career path. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that uh, you know I I could make a killing on it and support my my habit, but. Uh, I never really came up, you know. I'd sell large quantities and, and just party, uh, living in hotels, not really holding down a job, uh, selling drugs and partying. You know, the the rock star mentality. Um, yeah, I really think you are somebody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> think, thinking I'm somebody that I'm really not. You know, uh, uh, Big Steve. I used to go by Big Steve, and and just wanted that. Uh, impression that I was the, the cool kid um, you know because I looked up to think kind of people I looked up to people that's been in prison and oh that dude's cool he's been to prison you know and just that crazy mindset uh, you know mess around with the females all the time and partying and and uh, trying to be the big shot playing the big shotism you know taking people out to 
to the bars and the clubs and paying for it and, and uh, the whole the whole thing and and uh, I thought I was controlling it. You know, I really did. My mindset was like, you know, I got a strong mind. I can control this stuff. And I'm talking about eating ecstasy three and four times a day, three or four times a week, and and uh, big mounds of cocaine and. You know, it got to the point to where I was selling large quantities of that, and uh, I started rocking it up and losing my mind, and and then I tried some other uh, speed methamphetamine, and, and and it just kicked it in high gear. Uh, you know, I ended up really losing my mind. Uh, I stayed there for like seven days and and partying, and uh, after an after party, after being up all night at, at a rave club in Louisville, uh, we go up there to Henryville, and uh, me and my buddy, we know all the other people too, but when we get there, there's this other guy that uh, I didn't really know, and I started getting sketched out, and I get in the house, and I'm thinking, uh, you know, there's speakers up around the corners, or cameras, mm -hmm. and I really lose my mind, and I got a big mound of powder in my pocket, and I go in the bathroom, and I hide that up in the ceiling vent, and, and I tell my buddy, I'm like, man, take me to the store. You know, and this time I got an ink pen or something in my hand. I'm ready to gouge everybody in the neck, and and uh, we get in this car, and I'm like, take me home right now. You know, this something ain't right. This shit's crazy, and and he's and he takes me home, and I make him drop me off like a block away from my house where I jump fences, and, and this is right after 9-11. Yeah. Uh, and he takes me home, and he's like, bro, no matter what, don't leave the house. And I'm like, cool. And, and I go home, and I start peeking at the windows. And uh, I see these cars riding by. I'm thinking it's the same cars. My car's not at the house. And uh, I had my sister take me to my car, which is in Jeff, at this uh, female's house. And, and I get in my car and uh, lose my mind, man. Uh, you know, thank God that day I didn't kill nobody or kill myself. Uh, I can recall having more than more than a quarter tank of gas, you know, in between a quarter and a half, and uh, I'm driving around and and thinking of radio stations, program talking about, you know, he's taking the left, get him, and completely, you know, out there. A lot of uh, paranoia in that losing your mind. Yeah, a lot, a lot of paranoia, and, and uh, I end up. It was a Sunday morning. I ended up driving behind. Uh, Providence High School, uh, they got football practice. Uh, I'm talking about like 80 mile an hour through the field in the back, and I hit this big embankment, boom, airbag bust in, in, in my face, and, and I jump out the car, and I take off running, and I go back there in Gufford Road Woods, and I'm hiding back there, and, and they got a helicopter off in the distance, and I'm thinking they're after me, and people's over there in four-wheelers, and I'm hiding in these thorn bushes, and uh, I still got a little crack sacks of cocaine in my pocket, and I'm sitting there snorting that and losing my mind, and I'm, and I'm in the woods all day long, uh, just straight paranoid. And by this time, it starts getting dark, and I'm seeing shadow people, and I end up uh, walking up Guffer Road to one of my brother's friends and using the phone and calling my dad, and they're telling me the police are looking for me. And, <laughs> uh, so my dad picks me up. He takes me to Clarksville Police Station, and... Uh, I get up there and reach my pocket, and I still got more more substance in my pocket, and I throw it in the trash can. And, and they said they didn't have nothing on me then, and they ended up putting a warrant out for my arrest, and I totaled my car. and Craziness, you know, straight craziness. And, and I, 
I go home and, and sleep it off. And the only thing my mind's thinking about is that, that dope in the trash can up at the Clarksville Police Department. So I go back up there, and of course, they done dumped the trash. <laughs> my dumb ass calls dude up there in Henryville and was like, hey, there's uh, you know 17 grams up there, and, and uh, I'll be up there to get it. And by the time I get up there, it's gone, oh. you know. Uh, so that causes more issues and trouble. Yeah. And, yeah, you talk- countless, countless things like that where I just lose my mind, uh, you know. And it, and it goes from one substance to another. You know, oxycotton's was real big in, in uh, my lifestyle, and and I got strung out on them super bad. Uh, you know, three, four, five, six eighties a day. Yeah. Uh, expensive habit. You know, selling them, doing them, not accumulating anything off of them. You know, living at my mom's house from post to pillar, uh, in and out of jails, lots of, lots of trouble in my life. Uh, and I knew something was wrong with me. You know, I, I need I knew I needed some kind of help, but I wasn't willing to get any help. Uh, I was my mindset was get high till you die. Mm-hmm. And, and, and around this period of time, I started seeing buddies. Dropping off, oh, really? dropping off like oblivion, you know, left and right. And I just continue, you know, and dioxies lead to uh, opanas. Uh, this whole time I'm still drinking, still partying. Uh, That's I was introduced to treatment that. first time at, at 2008. You know, I went to Wellstone after, after being up for a few days and driving back and forth from here to here to Scottsburg, uh, you know, taking a big old blast of high-powered sedatives and, and, and drinking vodka back and forth and, and finally went and tried to seek some treatment because I knew something was wrong. And I went to Wellstone for three or four or five days and detox and first got introduced to Alcoholics Anonymous. And hmm. uh, I went to the old Jeff Token Club when I got out, and, and uh, I can remember going in there and, and just uh, everybody was happy and, and – and what have you and talking and uh, my communication skills were, were lacking uh, and I felt uncomfortable uh, you know detoxing and and, and I, I can recall just just feeling out of place but I seen something there you know I did see something there and, and I started to uh, keep coming back like they say yeah. and, and I started to get to know people and uh, you know I, I would continue to bounce in and out but uh, I would see people's lives getting better. You know, I'd see them come in, and and before I know it, they would start accumulating material shit, which I've never had. Sorry for cussing. I've no, never no. had. Uh, I was gonna say that's not any issue. That's not a requirement. <laughs> we say fuck shit. Whatever yeah, there you we want go. On the way here, I was wondering. I was like, I might try yeah, to. Keep I my- should have said that. <laughs> that's when I say the only rule is we don't break people's anonymity. I really mean that's the only rule. The only rule, nice. Um, You're saying about seeing people's lives change, yeah, and getting material yeah, stuff, and yeah, you know, and, and my whole life I've never had nothing. You know, I've always been held back uh, from the choices I've made in life, and uh, I didn't stop. You know, I, I kept trying to do it my way, countless vain attempts, and um, yeah, it's almost crazy, isn't it? Because now when I see people doing that, I want to be on their ass a little bit. You know, like, come on, dumbass. Yeah. You know, but I'm like, I did the, you know, I did the exact same and, thing. And I've had know? people do that. You know, you're going to die if you continue. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And sometimes it would scare me. Uh, the, the fear would scare me a little bit. Um, 
but in and out, you know, I was in and out of jails and in and, in and out of treatment centers. You know, I've been to the Hilly Place Detox probably 25 times. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've been uh, upstairs at OTS up there four different times. You know, I probably spent a year and a half of my life in, at the Hilly Place, and thank God for the Hilly Place because it gave me some tools. You know, I never completed it, and, and there was a couple times in there uh, – I'll be in there tore up. I mean, I'd be in there court ordered, and uh, my daughter's mother now um, would bring me loaded rigs in there uh, right before the serenity, or the Lord's prayer at the end of the meeting. I'd go in the bathroom and and do what I continued to do, and it would continue to get worse. You know, just sick. I look back at that stuff. I'm like. That's definitely caught in the grips, you know. That's definitely caught in the grips of alcoholism and drug addiction. Uh, how uh, how powerless I was, you know. I I wanted to do something different. I really did, but I wouldn't put into action. You know, I wouldn't put into action, and I wouldn't change my behaviors. And I just continued to do it. Um, yeah, I want things to get better, but I ain't going to change nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, or I'd switch from this to that, or or. But the whole time, man, I was telling myself a lie. And, and uh, yeah, and uh, so 2000, 2009, uh, 2010, uh, I accumulated 13 months of sobriety. Um, my life changed drastically. You know, I, I went from living at my mom's to, to not having nothing, to, to trudging back and forth to, to a meeting every day, walking. Uh, clearing my head a little bit and, and slowly but surely doing the next right thing and, and getting a job and, and starting to love myself just a little bit. And uh, I got a sponsor and I worked the steps and uh, I really didn't build a support group. You know, I had people around, but I never really uh, conversed with them. And, and I put all my eggs, everything into my sponsor. You know, I told him all my deepest, darkest secrets. I told him everything about me and, and, and we worked the steps, and it changed my life. Uh, not to blame him, uh, I was nine months sober, and, and uh, he calls me, or I call him, and he says, you know, congratulations on the nine months. He said, but I relapsed. Mm. And, and it's like my bottom just fell out of me. I mean, I talked to this guy every day about all my problems and and uh, basically used him as a higher power. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I did have a little bit of a prayer life, but I counted – him for everything, you yeah, know, and, and, and when he told me that, it was the wind came out of your sails. Yeah, uh, big time, big time. Uh, you know, and I tried to get another sponsor, and, and I didn't really utilize him, and and there was all kind of excuses going on. You know, I started getting real selfish, and wasn't making enough money at my job, so I tried to sell stuff again on the side, and and uh, you know, started harming a lot of females and Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, trying to fix me, you know, trying to fill that God-sized hole with, with, uh, with stuff. Um, ego, ego blaring out of control. Uh, you know, look at me, look who I am. And, and I would have people tell me, you know, you're on a slippery slope, you know, uh, you're off the beam and I, like, Psh, I got this, you know, and, uh, December 17th, 2010, man, I remember like it was yesterday. I was with that guy, Josh, who I've mentioned a couple times, and and uh, took him to a meeting, uh, not knowing if he really wanted it or what have you, but 
uh, it was a Friday night, and, and, and after the meeting, he stopped by his dad's house, and he got he got a substance, and I was just like, F it. Uh, I want some, too. And, uh, you know, we went to go get some, and, and, and the crazy thing is, man, is, is I felt it in my gut. You know, I felt that God consciousness. Mm-hmm. Uh, we drove by the, the bowling alley where I – Seen a bunch of people in AA that used to go be on the bowling league up there. Seen all their cars and knew I could drive in there and be like, look, man, I'm about to do something stupid. Yep. I seen another dude, Jay, truck right here at the gas station over here. There was all kind of signs and symbols, you know, don't do it, don't do it. Uh, knowing I could have pulled into there. Uh, but that mental obsession was already on me so strong. Uh, you know, couldn't nothing stop me, man. And, and as insane as I was, uh, while I was sticking a needle in my arm, I was saying a third step prayer. Uh, just, just, really? uh, yeah. And off and running. And, and uh, it was bad, man. It, it was really bad. Because uh, I was real irritable, restless, and discontented. You know, my grandma was dying in front of my eyes from cancer. And watching all that, super sad, not knowing how to process feelings and emotions. And, uh, you know, it's, it was a struggle. And then, you know, just off and running, bouncing in and out, in and out. Uh, multiple overdoses. Really? Uh, I mean, my mom saved my life up at her house one time. Uh, I can't recall the whole situation. I was on Xanaxes and heroin. But, uh, yeah, she come home. She said she had a bad feeling in, her, in the pit of her stomach. She was working up in Indianapolis. And on her way home, she lives up in Silver Hills. Uh she come home and all the doors were locked and and uh, I think she had to come through a window around back. Maybe the back door was open. Uh, but I was in there as, as close as death as possible. Uh, my respiration was four breaths a minute, mm. which is barely clinging to life. And uh, she called nine one one and they come and she said that they didn't want to mess with me. Because uh, I was a big dude or what have you. My mom says she smacked fire out of me and I didn't even move. And uh, they rushed me to Florida Memorial Hospital. And, and I was in there seven, eight, nine days, ICU and renal failure and kidney failure. And I still have real bad nerve damage on my left foot today from it. Uh, and uh, it scared me sober for about 30 days. Really? Uh-oh. That crazy. I mean, that is the powerlessness when you some of yeah. that stuff you're saying, like when you're out there yeah. getting ready to use and you had some sobriety, yeah. and you see these places that the tools are being laid in front of you. There's the, there's this dude. There's this dude. Sure. But it's got you. Oh yeah. It, it's it's got its hooks in you, and you ain't stopping. And, and and that's the worst thing about it, man. Is is when you know that there's a better way to live, and I'm not living it. Because uh, then really all the guilt's in there, you know, I, I know about the AA and, and I know I've lived a better life and there's a better life out there, but I'm not doing it. And then the guilt, shame, and remorse just piles up more. So then I just want to put more on top of it to drown it out. Yeah, that's it. You know, and it's the truth to tell people. You you come in here now, you're drinking. It's fucked it's, up, dude. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cruising <laughs> up. This yeah. is going to fuck it up. It'll never be the same. <laughs> you know, and, and thank God for that. Uh, it's uh you know sometimes i reflect and think over my life and do stuff like this and it reminds me uh, how miserable and chaotic it really was yeah. uh, 
Yeah, I need that, man. And that's another reason why I like doing this, man, because it brings that back all the time, you know. Sure. Uh, like where I could go. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Go off and live my happy life, you know, and I almost forget mm-hmm. what it used to be like. Oh, yeah. I mentioned that at a meeting last night when I talked. Uh, you know, I'd be bouncing in and out, out of Alcoholics Anonymous and <sighs> – I, you know, it's it's like people seeing how bad I was, how badly mangled, and I'm sure it helped them a lot. You know, like, damn, I don't want no part of this. Uh, you know, today I see people like that, man, and, and it breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and them are the kind of people I walk up to yeah. and, and try to help in any way possible. You know, I love today helping uh, people struggling, uh, and that's what I do. I, I employ, I hire people like that, yeah. that uh, – you know, my, my buddy Brandon, man, he, he was badly mangled, you know, strung out like a research monkey, and I tried to help him and work him here and there, and it just wasn't happening. And and he finally went to treatment, you know, because I'd tell him the truth about himself, uh, you know, how he's going to die and how you, he looks like shit, and and you deserve a better life. You can have a better life. The potential's in him, you know, and, and now he's uh, – 60, 70, 80 days clean and sober and, uh, you know, living in a three-quarter house. And Jeff, and uh, he's, he's one of my best employees. Yeah. You know, he has the skills. He has the, the knowledge of, of plumbing and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, and just watching the growth in people, it's, it's, it's amazing, man. It, it really is. And it gives me more hope. And, and my other guy, David, you know, watching him uh, – you know, from his struggles and growing and helping him out and him helping me out. And, mm-hmm. and that's what life's about today, you know, is, is brotherly love and helping people out and giving people a hand up and and setting boundaries as well. You know, I'm learning a lot about setting boundaries mm-hmm. and aspects and practicing and continuing, uh, you know, because it's, it's a lot. You know, what an order today from, from being completely maladjusted in life and and not ever dealing with anything, no responsibility, no nothing. Uh, you know, learning now how to live life one day at a time, and and uh, owning my own business, and and uh, being responsible, and and uh, doing the next right thing today. Uh, you know, it's awesome. Yeah. It, it it completely baffles my mind. And not just the materialistic stuff, because it, it's nice. You know, it's nice to to go to my own house, which I've never owned a house before. Me and my wife own a house, and and pop my garage and just look at all this stuff. It's stuff, but I've never had nothing my whole life, you know. And and uh, look at that, and, and it baffles me. And then get the gratitude about how far I've come, and, and just the peace of mind I have in having my heart and soul today. Uh, you know, and when I think about it, it can literally bring tears to my eyes. Yeah. Uh, the power of God and the power of God working in and through people today. Uh, you know, and that God thing, man, the God piece is super strong for me. When I allow God's love uh, to flow in me uh, and pray and meditate and, and uh, you know, ask for the knowledge of his will and the power to carry it out, on a daily basis and, and sometimes a minute-by-minute basis. Yeah. Um, you know, just the power in that and, and the feeling uh, I get from that. 
then you know after that happened a few times then i began to actually be able to rely on that sure you know, and that, i remember that big change too when it used to be just hoping that god is going to be there oh yeah me, to a point now where i just know the faith yep i know that i'm gonna be okay sure you know, sure whatever's happening and yeah, I keep on doing the things that i'm doing and things you know that'll deal you know keep doing what you're doing you'll keep getting what you're getting yeah, doing oh, that yeah. here too yeah that's right you know? exactly exactly man so <clears throat> yeah, it's pretty awesome. Uh, bring up my daughter a little bit. Uh, so, like I mentioned, I was in and out of jails and in and out of Alcoholics Anonymous because, uh, like I said, man, I, I could tell there was a solution in Alcoholics Anonymous. And by this time, I've already had a period of sobriety. Uh, been in and out, and, and I got out of uh, jail, and I run back to Alcoholics Anonymous one more time to, to try to do something different. And, uh, you know, uh, I start playing an AA guru and start having, uh, you know, I'm probably 60, 60, 70, 80 days sober and having big book studies in the backyard and cookouts and, and uh, getting off in the solution because uh, I want something different. And I meet a chick in Alcoholics Anonymous and uh, a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of relationships go like this. You know, you meet a chick, hook up with her a couple days later, and a couple days later you're moved in. And, <laughs> and uh, it got real crazy real quick. You know, she had uh, she had two sons, and we stayed sober together uh, briefly, 30, 45 days going to meetings, and, and I relapsed up. Uh, you know, and I relapsed pretty hard, and or not even relapsed. I got tore up. You know, by this time it's just back and forth. And uh, what made you? What? Where? How'd you hit the wall that made you that that gave you your current sobriety date? Uh, well, I'm kind of getting to that. Okay. All, All right. right. Let me take the. You was also getting to say something about your daughter. Yeah, yeah, the daughter. This is where it comes in with the daughter. Uh, meet this chick and. I relapse and uh, uh, I get back sober and uh, get tore up again and back and forth. Well, she ends up getting tore up with me and bad combination. You know, she rips and runs like I do. And uh, Our family's giving us money. I'm stealing money. Uh, by this time, I'm doing the gift card exchange and boosting from all the stores around here, the Home Depot, the Lowe's, and, and uh, you know, we have three, four, five, six hundred dollar a day habit, uh, bad. Uh, and, uh, you know, not to tell her story, but it is what it is. And so in and out of jail, I'm, I'm with her a couple years, and majority of the time I'm locked up, you know, three months here out, four, six months here, back and forth. And, and I get out of jail one more time, and uh, and I'm pregnant. And I want something different. This is my, my first and only child by blood. Uh, but I don't I don't stay sober. You know, the whole time she's pregnant, I'm I'm out uh ripping and running the streets. I'm in an old busted Honda Accord, boosting every day, uh, uh trying to supply my that's the only thing I'm living for, man, is, is waking up every day sick and uh, chasing the next one and doing whatever I got to do to get it. Uh, living from post to pillar and, and all kind of craziness. Well, right before uh, Jessica's about to have her baby, she uh, 
I call her. She calls me. However it goes, and and uh, asks me if I want to come over to her house uh, in the basement and detox, and, or to take me to detox or something. You know, but my mind's so in the fog. But, uh, I can recall detoxing in her basement for a couple of days and throwing up nasty yellow stomach bowel and bad and not sleeping and shaking and kicking and horrible detoxes. Uh, you know, and, and I hated it. And, and a couple of days later, uh, she takes me to the healing place. I don't remember going. She pretty much said she picked me up and carried me in there. But by this time, I'm 185 pounds, sunken in, badly mangled. And, uh, detox more at the healing, or uh, yeah, at the healing place detox. And I get into uh, the Serenity House, and I'm there, uh, I guess, around a month or so. Uh, and uh, Jessica calls and uh, tells me to get to the hospital. So I get to Florida Memorial Hospital uh, just in time. Uh, you know, I get there, the bells and whistles are going off. Uh, she has to have an emergency C section. So uh, I'm throwing on the paper blue scrubs and uh, not knowing what's going to happen and, and fearful. And they cut her open and throw her guts to the side and, and pull out her beautiful daughter who's got baby shit all over her tonia or whatever. Uh, and uh, due to circumstances and situations, she had to go to another hospital in Louisville for 30 days. And uh, I had to go to a halfway house in Louisville because I was on felony probation over in Louisville. And uh, I would go over to the hospital and, and see her daughter. And I was working here and there for, for different guys in the house, painting and doing the whatever. And uh, I got to the point where I felt like she was belittling me. And, and that's one of my bad, uh, I guess, character defects or what have you is is people say one negative thing about me, and it just festers in me, uh, you know. And I start getting negative uh, complexes, and and I couldn't handle the situation. And truth be told, is you know she probably had the right to say everything she was saying. Uh, you know, I made a decision based on self to to put one in me, and, and went to the needle exchange and plotted it all out. And, off running again. Uh, so, you know, my daughter was born uh, June 23rd. I got sober uh, January 8th. So from them months, uh, I was ripping and running uh, off in the streets. Uh, you know, just barely clinging on to life. Bad shape, man. Uh, hating everything about me. Feeling hopeless and helpless and and thinking I could never get this sobriety thing and uh sick all the time and, and and scared scared to death, man, of of detoxing. Uh you know, by this time I had multiple felonies in three different counties, Clark County, Floyd County, Louisville Metro. Uh you know, uh, Thanksgiving comes around, and, and I beg Jessica to see my daughter. Uh, she meets me up at the coffee shop for an hour, and I'm bawling and, and pitiful and, you know, wasn't there for her. And Christmas comes around, and the same ordeal, you know. Can I see her daughter for a period of time? Uh, you know, I love her. I want to change. I can't. Caught up in the grips, all this. and uh, You know, 
same thing, New Year's comes around, and I'm telling my family, you know, after Christmas, I'm going to turn myself in. After New Year's, I'm going to turn myself in. Like I mentioned, scared to death of withdrawals, man, because I know it's going to be bad. I know how much uh, poison I'm putting into my system. Uh, Bad, man. Uh, Well, January 7th of 2017 comes around, and... Uh, I boosted a bunch of stuff the night before, and, and uh, I met this chick in Louisville at a boarding house who I didn't even know. Uh, and she goes and, and takes the merchandise back, and we leave the, the gift card exchange there in uh, Clarksville. <clears throat> Clarksville police pulled me over on Spring Street, New Albany. Uh, you know, ask me who I am. I try to give them my brother's name, and they say, motherfucker, we know who you are with the taser cock sideways. They say, don't be trying to play stupid. I'm like, fuck. Uh, they take me to jail. You know, I got all that money in my pocket. I didn't even give old, old girl her $20, you know, for doing the exchange and, and all that. And uh, She didn't have no jacket, middle of winter, cold, man. And they have her walk off. You know, she don't have a dollar in her name. Just sad, man. They asked me if I have anything in the trunk, and I'm like, no. I said, I'm freezing. Take me to jail. I did have stuff in the trunk. They didn't find it. So I go to jail, Clark County Jail, and uh, the worst detox I've ever had in my life. And that's the things I need to think about, man, when I have them little fleeing thoughts is, is how bad it really is. You know, play that tape out, play it backward and forward, uh, where that stuff takes me, where the first one takes me. Uh, you know, I mentioned uh, the Mad Dog 2020, and, and and I go on some gas stations, and and they got that big paper neon sign, little star cutouts, and special 299 or whatever, and I'll take a little look at it, you know, and yeah. and and that thought in my head, you know, that euphoric recall uh, of the yeah. good days, the good days, man, and, and uh, the spiritual awakening. Uh, a part of it is. Uh, is being able to process that today mm-hmm. and, and realizing what, what that stuff really does and, and don't romance it and glorify it like I used to. Because I used to, uh, when I started thinking about it, I'd start obsessing over it. I'd romance it, glorify it, think about the ease and comfort and, and uh, not play it out to where it really takes me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That book talks about that stuff, you know, that it won't burn me this time. Yeah, oh, you know, yeah. And, it, uh, I'll, I'll manage it this time. <laughs> the old jaywalker, you know, <clears throat> busted me up time and time again. And I allowed it, you know. It, even after knowing there's a better way to live. Uh, yeah, so I get locked up and, and go to, uh, you know, Clark County for a few days. And like I mentioned, the, the worst detox I've ever had in my life. Crawling up the walls. Uh, I was paying this guy e sick a day to take care of me. I was in bad shape, just throwing up nasty old stomach bile. And I remember just like scraping up the brick walls, and and I was in. Uh, it, it was a cell, but it was a, the the you know overcrowded. Everybody in the day room used this bathroom and mm. stunk, man. But I had to be by a, a toilet. Uh, you know, throwing up that nasty stomach bile and not eating and. And just horrible. I remember uh, attempting to take a shower, and I took my my clothes off, and just realizing how skinny I was, and mm. full of shame I was, and uh, bad so man. You're just gonna ride it out in jail, right? I mean, there ain't no. You're just you're just fucking riding it out. Riding it out, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
horrible, you know. And I tried to get something from the nurse or whatever. They might have gave me a couple of Tylenols, and I went from that jail to the uh, Floyd County Jail. I had some charges there, and and did like a month and a half there, and then I went to Louisville Metro, and I had five years on the shelf in Louisville, uh, and I thought they was gonna give me that time. And my my probation officer didn't show up to court two different times because he just had a kid, and they dismissed my revocation. Uh, and I got out, you know, while I was in there, I started contemplating how I wanted my life to get better. And I started reading, uh, they didn't have a big book in there, but they had this other kind of recovery book. And I started reading that and, and, and I started tapping back into prayer life. Uh, and I got out and, and I pretty much did what I did every time before, uh, you know, 37 years old or whatever I am at the time, I went back to my mom's house, how pitiful that is, and not having nothing. Uh, I'm talking about nothing, maybe a little bit of clothes and in uh, bad shape, but I wanted something different. You know, I wanted my daughter in my life, and, and, I, and sick and tired, man. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired and living like that. Uh, so slowly but surely, I started getting a little bit of hope, and uh, went started going back to meetings, man. And and uh, I got a sponsor, and, and I started doing this deal. You know, uh, my sponsor at the time was Ray, and I, and I'd meet him and just once a week, and we'd sit in his little uh, Honda truck, smoke cigarettes, and, and drink coffee or what have you, and get off in this book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and. And uh, start doing the deal, you know, page by page, word by word, uh, step by step, and and uh, you know, hit meetings four or five, six, seven a week, and uh, start forming a, a support group, and and looking at the stuff I did wrong the times before, you know, because uh, I've had a lot of experience in and out of Alcoholics Anonymous. It's it's what 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 to do right and what to do wrong. Uh, you know, quit doing all that wrong stuff, man, and and uh, started giving stuff to God, and, and I started working uh, here and there, uh, and uh, I started giving uh, Jessica, my daughter's mother, uh, money, you know, a little bit at a time, and and uh, Jessica le started letting me see uh, her daughter on, on her time here and there, and, and uh, the rules was that my mom had to be there, and <clears throat> I went back to my old job pageant who who I left uh you know uh, I was there a couple few months and I was a good worker at the time and and uh you know during that time I relapsed and it was a Friday and I left all my tools and everything there where well uh I hit them up and I got my job back there and uh you know started being employable again and, and uh well, so, damn good workers when we're sober. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I'm amazing workers. You know, it's uh, it's pretty cool. You know, and people in Alcoholics Anonymous gave me the suggestion that, uh, you know, to stay sober a year and and, and uh, take my daughter's mother to court and actually get parenting rights and, mm. and parenting time and, and all that. Uh, so I did. Uh, you know, I was an alcoholic. Anonymous this time a few months, uh, several month, few months sober, and, and I met a chick, uh, my wife today, uh, Alyssa, and uh, you know she helped me. We helped each other. You know she was at her parents, and, and I was at my parents, and and uh, hell she moved into my mom's house for a few months, and and uh, we ended up getting an apartment here on State or on Spring Street, New Albany, and 
and we was both working and started having goals and ambitions in life. And, uh, you know, we saved up and got an attorney and, and all that worked out. And, and I got parenting time and, uh, you know, every Thursday, every other weekend. And, uh, and I was there and accountable uh, mm-hmm. on time and, and did, did what I was supposed to do. And, and, uh, just the process and looking back, you know, how amazing it is. Uh, you know, Jessica and I were barely on speaking terms then, and, and now, you know, it's completely different. Uh, you know, like yesterday, for instance, I was in uh, Sellersburg, just bid a job, and, and I called up my daughter and called up Jessica. was like, hey, can I swing by, pick her daughter up, and take her out to eat? So we rode up there to McDonald's, you know, and, and now I can pretty much get her whenever. Right, uh, yep. You know, and at first uh, she was leery about my my now wife and saying it was just a show and this and that. But, uh, you know, life's amazing. And, and uh, Alyssa, my wife, man, she takes really good care of, uh, of Bree, uh, my daughter. And, and I have a, a stepson, Liam, as well. And, uh, you know, just just the whole the whole journey. Uh, the life today is, is, is amazing. You know, sometimes it can be overwhelming and... And uh, the good thing about that is is I have people I can talk to today. Yeah. Uh, you know, sit table to table like we're doing here and, and actually uh, open up my soul and my heart and talk about feelings and emotions, which I've never done my whole life. You know, I've always blocked that stuff off. And I learned yeah. at the healing place yeah. back in the day about uh, emotional barometer. Uh, you know, basically, I got an emotional barometer inside, man. And if I don't keep all that stuff in check uh, to an extent, I'll implode or explode, and and it's not a good thing. You know that irritable, restless, and discontentedness, man. Is I gotta watch out for. Yeah, all that running made it where it wasn't safe to talk about emotions. Yeah. Oh yeah. Know, yeah. Who are you gonna do that with? Right? Yeah. You, you it, know, it took a long time where I could actually sit down and have a real talk with somebody when I'm hurting or sure. scared. Yeah. Or you know, I'll tell nobody I'm scared. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a big dude. You know, I got this, and 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 holding all that in. Uh, it was a it was a, a defense mechanism back then, you know, and, and it just set me up for failure. So uh, I love doing stuff like this today, and and uh, I appreciate you having me out. You know, it's, it's a pretty awesome deal. I was a little nervous beforehand. I actually uh, messaged my sponsor and, and told him we talked a little bit about it last night. Uh, you know, just. Something different, you know. I'm not yep, used to doing different. stuff like this, and I, and I mentioned to you, I don't like my voice on the microphone. So, uh, but yeah, I feel comfortable. Yeah. So I appreciate. Uh, well, this gives another opportunity to uh, participate in my recovery. I got to do that, you yeah, know. And this sure. is another opportunity to do that, you know. And sure. I said this over and over again. If you listen to them, uh, I get this wonderful benefit of doing this thing. That when nice. people come in that I don't know so well, I know them pretty a whole lot better, you know. Oh, yeah. And I get new friends from sitting here doing this. Sure, sure. And sometimes it's people that I don't even know, you know. Yeah. Sometimes people pull up in the driveway and somebody said, "Hey, you ought to get so and so to come over and I and tell their story," and I get on horn with them. Sure. And I don't even know them until they're here. But then when they walk out of here, it's like we've been lifelong friends. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's a pretty awesome deal for real. Yeah, I enjoy it is. It. It's uh, yeah, it's fun. It's uh, juices me up to sit here and do this. I always it'll be a little while. I'll be up like you know. We, yeah. Juiced yeah. up for a while, and uh, it is a is a unique way to uh, to do this. And you know, we get to twelve step. We get to carry this message to other people because right. everybody out there needs to hear your story. You know, exactly. there's somebody out there that is waiting to hear because he's in where you were. Yeah, and he's thinking either there ain't a way out, and whether people hear this or not, it's out there for him to hear. You know, yeah, and, sure, and sure. I, 
I get emails from all over the place that tell me where, you know, so-and-so story touched them, you know. Nice. They, they uh, making another go at recovery after listening to so-and-so story. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's the big thing, man, is don't give up. You know, keep coming back, keep, keep pushing, uh, and do something different. You know, if it didn't work before, do something different. Uh, yeah. I found out what I had to do is basically just sell myself out to this because this really, I mean, I, I do that I do that job, uh-huh. but that's really just side work. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, what I really do is work on my recovery because that's too. the thing that comes first, and everything else will got just to. vanish if uh, if I if I if I don't. And I learned that same way you're talking about, you know, yeah. of beating my you know stumbling down the halls and walls of AA for years. years. You know, it was for me it was only four years from my first AA meeting to my current sobriety yeah. day, but it felt like That's a long time. Yeah. And it went and it went from married, living happily at home, so to speak, you know, at yeah. least it looked like it was yeah. to down in front of Judge Cody down there telling me I was going to prison to six to twenty years. You uh. know, in four year period I went from uh my first foray into AA was really just off a bad weekend. Uh uh-huh. Uh-huh. Wasn't any big deal, you know. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't, you know, I, I couldn't make that stick. And and them guys in AA told me it's uh, only gonna get worse. It's only gonna get worse. Definitely. Yeah. And it sure did. And I'm actually pretty. I'm pretty glad it was only four years. Uh-huh. And they're like hearing how long you went. You know, all Bad, that. Man, it's, uh-huh. that, that surrender piece. You know, on that first step, uh, I could never really get down with it. You know, I, I thought I would get down with it, but then. Uh, you know, like they say, the body would heal, the live return. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'd start to accumulate some stuff and be like, oh, I can I can just do this or, you know, or, or do this or, or get in a fight or whatever with a significant other and be like, F it, you know, fuck it. I'm going out. And, yeah. Knowing what the consequences would be and doing it anyway, you know, and, and that's the insanity behind it is, uh, you know, now I'd be insane as hell to go back out there knowing what I know, you know, and and the book talks about it building it up and destroying it and I don't want to do that today yeah, yeah, you know yeah. and that and that's why I need to stay in the middle of this deal and do exactly this and helping others and and the, and the sponsor and the sponsee piece yeah, and giving yeah, back I and, to spon- it's been vital in me man to keep on sponsoring yeah oh yeah uh, and staying in the middle you know uh, we started doing that 12 step spiritual recovery uh, deal where it's just 12 steps for anybody mm-hmm. you know how we always hang around here and we say uh, I wish my mom had yeah. a program or I wish I'd like my, to check that out you know, I've heard you plug that. it and, yeah. uh, and, and now uh, they do so I sponsor some people that aren't got that's not addicts and alcoholics nice just take them through the 12 steps it's a little bit refreshing you know, yeah. but you know, you get down into it, and and the same stuff is underneath them. They just never did pick up a drink about it, man. Yeah, uh, the basically they just substituted misery for. You know, oh yeah, just and, not very happy. You know, and, and that's what I'm learning today, man. That that alcohol is just a symptom. Yeah. You know, just a symbol, man. I have a lot of other stuff in life that I'm working on today, yeah. and yeah. And, it, and it's awesome. And thank God that I can recognize it and, and do some paperwork on it and. Uh, uh, continue to become a better version of myself. Yeah, you know, exactly. but slowly but surely it, it unpeels, and you're like, oh, check this out, or people, your support group brings it to your attention, or or you bring it to theirs, and and uh, it's good to not have people co-sign my shit all the time. Uh, sometimes I don't like it, and yeah. and uh, you know, there for a couple of weeks actually, uh, just little petty self-will shit, you know, uh, relationship with my wife or this and that, and 
and uh, you know, just holding on to it. And I went and expressed it to my sponsor. I actually tried to work on it because I'd be like, oh, I got this. You know, I'm going to run the show in this area for a while and until it gets bad, you know, and, and the relationship starts backsliding. So I'm like, fuck, you know, the pain gets great enough. I might have to do some work on this. And, and, and sometimes I wish I wasn't so hard-headed to where I had to wait till, uh, you know, the, the, the problems or relationships got so bad uh, that I'm like, damn, I'm going to have to, you know, put some more work or effort into this because back in my mind, I'm like, oh, we're good, you know, we'll be all right. And it, well, that's the thing, you know, is, and as we progress and we get better and better, we can do that course correction earlier and yeah. not really let it get, you yeah. know, now and again, we're going to let one get sure. further out of reach and we meant to, you yeah. know, but, you know, we continually get better at, 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 at processing and dealing with stuff right up in its face instead of sure. letting it cook. And, and the awareness the pain's of it. a lot easier. Yeah. Than, oh, so. yeah. You're like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want no more air pain, you know. I turned to a lot softer now that I'm sober, you know. It's, it's, I, I don't want to deal with all that, you know, and it's, uh, it's awesome, man. It really is, you know, this process and, and, uh, the big thing, like I mentioned, man, is trusting and relying on God and, uh, Working out their personal relationships, you know, it's it's hard with me. Communication, doing stuff like gets hard for me. Uh, but it's, I, it's beneficial, you know, and it really is. And this is one of the things I'm continuing to practice and work on. Because uh, it's always been awkward for me, yeah. you know. It has. Uh, you know, it says, well, it says practice these principles, you know. I mean, we're practicing all kinds of stuff, practicing reaching out to people, practicing yeah. getting honest, practicing, you know, all this stuff. Just continue. And if I continue to practice, I'll get better at it. Oh, yeah, and walking through it. You know, walking through it's the big thing and, and not being fearful. And and uh, that's the way I was with my business at first, man. I'd be paralyzed by fear just to go give a bid. Yeah, me too, man. You know, just par- nervous. I ain't over at it yet. Yeah. <laughs> It's gotten a lot better, you know. It it's got it's better. gotten a lot better. Uh, I'm actually getting to realize my value, you know. Sure. Oh yeah. You know, for a long time, I was working for too cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. It's not a bad thing, you know, because you had to get your wheels under you and everything. Oh yeah. But, uh, Sometimes you got to take jobs a little less, but yeah. you know, it's getting your name out there and doing good work and. Uh, but yeah, it's, I've come a long way in that because I'd be, oh, I don't want to go. I don't it's a hard thing to do, man. Yeah, so one of the hardest things that I've ever come across was is putting bids. You know, basically assigning value on me. Yeah, like, sure. This person, I'm worth X amount of money. Yeah, that's right. And uh, and stand there in it. Yeah, and now I'm to the point where I just tell myself, what's the worst that could happen? You know, my sponsor and I talked about what's the worst that could happen. They tell you no, or, or they don't want your services. Okay, yeah. you know, yeah. my mind's racing like, oh, uh, world. <laughs> yeah, you know and i once in a while i have these opportunities to talk to my buddies the other day you know some girl needed some stuff fixed and i do a lot of just honeydew lists a lot uh-huh. of times man i'll go over somebody's house and fix a whole bunch of different stuff in a day you know they uh-huh. want a loose cabinet door and uh sure. they want a new light fixture and a faucet's leaking yeah. and nice. yeah. toilets running and sure. uh yeah. just go over and clean up all their little things they can't do you yeah know? sure and uh and a gal had uh she well, I, I, she got a hold of me and I told her how much it's going to be and she said there ain't no way she could afford that you know mm-hmm. and I said well let me work with you you know let's well, see yeah. what what you know what can you afford that's right you know, that's I'll right come yeah. pick your 
what's the big things you want right now? Yeah. And I'll knock I'm it out yeah. yeah. And uh, so I end up doing that, and then I get that soft spot in me now, and I go ahead and fix all their shit, yeah. all their shit, yeah. you know. And, uh, yeah, or, <laughs> or I'll tell them I'll put you on a payment plan for the rest, you know, something yeah. like that. Yeah. But that know? stuff that, Work you know, something out with that ain't the old Dan doing that kind of oh, stuff, yeah. you know. And, uh, and 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 I even feel, you know, I feel, if I feel good about it after well, I'm that's done, right. you know. And this girl ain't going to, you know, she, she just don't have the money to do yeah. it. For whatever reason, I did it, you know. Sure, sure. And, uh, and I do that as well. I'll throw in freebies here, and, you yeah. know, and all that. And that's all like paying it forward kind of yeah. stuff, you know. And, yeah. and you know, I do, you know, and it ain't. I don't do it because of this, but my my experience is is like the better guy I am, mm-hmm. then the next job is down the road right in front of me, and it's it's a better one than I've ever had before. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, uh, and she might she might might refer you to another job, or yeah. or you know, get some more work for her in the future. Yeah. Word of mouth is powerful these days. Yeah, big time. Yep. You know, my name back in the day used to be trash. Uh, my dad used to always tell me, you know, about my last name and 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 what it represents and, and all that, and I just drug it through the mud, and, and I don't want to be like that no more. You know, I want people to say, yeah, he used to be a scumbag back in the day, but he's changed his life, and, and now he's committed to helping people and, yeah. and living right and doing right. You know, I, I don't want to die one day and... And people would be like, fuck, he was a piece of shit his whole life, yep. you know? Yeah, yeah. I got a, had a little lot of it built up in behind me because my dad's got a really good reputation around town. He's lived in New Albany and tons of guys know him, you know, and then mm-hmm. here's my name in the paper and here's my name in the paper again. And Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and I know it really hurt me to, you know, I didn't notice it at the time, but, you know, as I come around to getting well and realizing about doing amends and, and that, that, just how much I had harmed him. Sure, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, by being a dirtbag. Mm. Yeah, I made my mom like super neurotic, you know. Yep, we make people sick. Just waiting for them calls, and I'd be, get locked up, and she'd pray for me to get locked up. She could actually sleep at night when I'm incarcerated. Uh, yeah. You know, just the whole craziness. And, and the thing is that I see now that I'm getting better, she's getting better, you know, because she doesn't have to, to live in all that fear of me dying and. Yep, well, it is. When we get better, our our perimeter, the people around oh, us yeah. get better, too. You know, I saw it with my kids and saw it, you know, I put them through a bunch of crap, you mm-hmm. know, scared the shit out of them and uh, wasn't the dad they deserved to have, you know, and I didn't know if I could ever get, you know, if we could ever repair that, you know, but sure. me, being, me doing the next right thing sure. uh, gets that stuff healed. It does, you know, it, and that's what's about the baby steps. You know, I used to think I had to change everything all at once and, and get overwhelmed. And my mom would always tell me, you know, baby steps, you know. Yep. One step in front of the other, doing the next right thing. And That's why day-at-a-time living works. Day-at-a-time, so well. yeah. I don't get all out and what's going to happen. Sure. What, what do I have to do today? Yeah. And I'm still practicing all that, you know. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the past and the future and trying to stay in the moment and in the day. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and what know, a blessing it is to, to live in the now, you yeah. know, and be grateful for right now, right here and right now. Yeah. Let the future eat up all my energy, you know, and that ain't, you know, I'll be spending my, that's the way I look at that. You know, it's not so much, I'm not going to look forward and not going to plan and things like that. I'm still sure, going to do sure. that. Oh, yeah. But I don't yeah. have to invest all this emotional energy, energy. into that, yeah. you know, invest my energy into what I'm doing now. And in the past, I used to always live in the past, you know, uh, all the resentments and all the shame and the guilt and and, and the hopelessness and not feeling good enough. And uh, 
you know, just dwelling all that negati- negativity and uh, self-sabotage myself time and time again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that worth, not recognizing my worth and loving myself and, and and all that comes with that. You know, it's powerful. Yeah. You know, I talk about it in here. A lot of times I talk about, I say, I got a miracle list I keep of the things that's happened, and I redefined what the miracle was. They really are. A lot of them are miracles to me. Sure, Some of them sure. was stuff like, you know, I look at a big old prison sentence, and I started actually investing my life into AA. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they wouldn't reduce the charges, wouldn't reduce charges. They didn't know what I was doing. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. but whenever, for whatever reason, the dynamic, when I started actually putting my heart into sure. doing this for real, yeah. all of a sudden they started being ready to cut some deals. Yeah. Uh, out of the blue. Nice. And, yeah. and oh, you yeah. know, then this being self-employed is a miracle. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know? yeah. And you think sure. about, you, you know, I know that's something that caught my eye over the past, I don't know, what has it been, a year or two, maybe? I don't know, a year? I don't really even know how long it's been since I started seeing that you were actually... Yeah, uh, well, I actually went out on my own, uh, I guess, like a month before COVID popped off. Okay. Uh, so what's that been, eight, eight nine months? Yeah, yeah not even a whole year. Yeah, it's not even been a whole year, and, and how far I've grown from it. Yeah. You know, it started off me still working at Pageant. I was employed at Pageant for... For right over three years, you know, never missed a day and always on time. And uh, my buddy Matt, uh, you know, I was doing side work here and there. My buddy Matt had two houses on Shelby Street, and he gave me a, a bunch of the work out of there, drywall and, and a bunch of stuff, painting and, and flooring. And, uh, you know, I was able to, to take that money. And, and uh, I mean, I literally made like ten grand off that job working at, at pageant and working there uh second shift and, and hiring a little crew and stuff and that's how we come up for the down payment for our house oh, wow. uh you know so I, we're we're a new homeowner you know it's been six seven months oh, really? we lived in this house and, and just cool. the blessings of it definitely uh, those are miracles and the way i redefine that miracle is is that this is shit that wasn't going to happen yeah unless i'm in recovery sure <laughs> that's and, my and, definition of a miracle yeah <laughs> and, and taking a leap of faith you know that's a big thing uh you know, I went and talked to my wife, because pageant was kind of slow at the time. And I'm like, look, man, you know, do you want to take a leap of faith and, and see where this journey goes and and, and talk to some people? And uh, off I went, and we haven't stopped. You know, it's yeah. been – we've been successful. Yeah. You know, we're doing it right and insured, and, and, uh, and yeah. it's good. That's you know, it's a good thing. Like doing things right, that's a whole new thing. Yeah, yeah. It, and it is, you know. Uh, it, it's an awesome journey. And sometimes it can be a little overwhelming and stuff, uh, but taking it step by step, yep. you know, is, is the key to it, and and not getting too far out in left field, yeah, uh, and yeah. getting off the beam and recognizing. And I don't, I, th- I don't, I make a habit. Of course, I do smaller work, but I don't get myself booked out too far. Yeah, I don't really want that because that just yeah. eats on me knowing that's laying out there. Sure, uh, I can't. It, it messes with me. And then the other thing I found too, man, because I can find some pretty decent, lucrative work that's not hard really uh-huh. you know sure. and if i keep my schedule open i can grab those opportunities yeah oh yeah that's and right instead of being book solid i yeah. went a little while where i had you know a month worth of work already yeah. laid out yeah. and I, I i didn't take any more work until i got that done man it was just too much and, and that's the kind of overwhelming factor with me is you know we're pretty much booked out of months and then i'll throw in a little job here and 
spread as thin air and back and forth. And I'm always uh, basically, you know, since I'm the owner, trying to arrange the show for the business aspect. Yeah, you kind of had to. And, I mean, and you kind of, yeah. Uh, you know, and it can be stressful. Uh, yeah. You know, and I've talked to support group members who own their own business as yeah. well. And instead of me, uh, you know, all night obsessing about the tools and the jobs for the next day, like, from the day I, from the time I get off to the next day, you know, it's just nonstop going to my head and customers calling and this and that is is actually uh, you know, waking up thirty minutes earlier and doing a little more meditation and actually sitting at the kitchen table uh, and making a list, a punch list of what I need that day. Yeah, uh, you know, what's occurring on the job instead of it going through my mind all night. And yeah, I get up slow today. Yeah. I need some time around the house and 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 get my shit. I have to get up early to do that. But yeah. get up early, pray, meditate, yeah, and just sure. chill for a little bit. You know, and, and it makes it makes for a lot better day when because I carry I that pace that. the rest of the day. Yeah. Otherwise, if I if I come flying, I used to like the Tasmanian devil. You yeah, self willing and oh, I got this. I Let me go. all day. At the end of the day, I'm exhausted. Exhausted. Yeah, uh, sure. I blow me away some days. I work hard and you know, I still got energy. Yeah, you know, I work yeah. pretty hard today. Yeah, and, uh, and but I did too. Here, I, man, I still I, I laid about three hundred square foot of vinyl plank by my now about three fifty square foot of vinyl plank today by myself. Yeah, so I was I rocking like doing that. I was rocking it out. That's one of the things I like doing. Vinyl plank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Uh, I like putting that stuff down. It feels a little bit like woodworking, you know. Yeah, like piecing sure. Puzzles yeah. together, you know. Yeah, it goes goes together pretty quick, and yeah, there's decent money in it. Yeah, you know? there's good money in it. Yeah. Awesome, yeah. It's a it's a blessing, you know. In in the family life today, it's it's gotten so much better, you know. From uh, just one small instance, you know, for me ripping my mom's TV off the wall and trading it for dope back in the day, and being obliviated on the couch. Oh, where TV went? You know, just out of my mind. Uh, uh, the other day, she was. It wasn't the other day. It was several months back. Uh, she was mentioning about getting a TV and. You know, hell, I had an extra 55-inch pretty much brand-new TV. Uh, you know, I just got out of the box, uh, uh, you know, a few weeks before that. I said, hell, I got a TV for you. And my selfish thinking was, oh, I'll sell it to you for, you know, $250, $300. And I was on my way there. I'm like, how dare I? You know what I'm saying? How dare I be so selfish to sell that TV to my mom? Yeah. So I went over and gave it to her. Right. You know, and, and today we go out to eat and stuff, and I pay. Yeah. You know, and and it was always used to expected that she pays no matter what, and she always, uh, you know, uh, expected that she got me out of trouble and my biggest enabler and put money on my books when I was in jail, but. Uh, looking at that man she was always there for me yeah, right. you know anytime I detoxed throwing up she was always there you know they, my yeah. parents had my back you know 100% through all this uh, yeah that's uh, my mom died in 16 up just after a year I had just gotten a year sober her mom died and dad spent about the last year mm -hmm. of that helping her because she was real sick and had a stroke and doing mm -hmm. all that and uh, mm -hmm. And uh, well, he was talking about moving in an apartment or something, and we got to talking around. And I basically got a studio apartment upstairs in that place, mm -hmm. nice. and now I, you know, I get to pay it back to him because the same thing, man. In my story, he has always had my back, sure, man, almost to a fault, yeah, you know. Yeah. But he'd always supported that's, me. That's love, today, man. Unconditional love. Yeah, we sit out here and tinker around and make shit, you know. Yeah, and, you nice. Know, I'll, be, I'll be making some kind of project, and he sits out here and. Uh, help, lends a hand and, yeah, and uh, nice. shoot the shit while I was uh, 
making sawdust. And yeah. I try to get my pops out there on jobs with me here and there. He stopped by a few of them, uh, checked out some work and stuff. And I always consult my dad because he spent the last 20 years of his career as a home inspector. Nice. And he's always been in construction and nice. that kind of stuff. So, I mean, like whenever I got some kind of thing I'm working on, you know, a sure. lot of times I'll, hey, man. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Get some uh, consult from him. I can't. I, now and again, he'll he just ain't got the stamina. He does go like a son of a bitch. Uh-huh. Uh For eighty three years old. Yeah, he nice. does. He 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 really gets around really well. Uh, <clears throat> and now and again, if I just need an extra set of hands, mm-hmm. he'll go with me. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, me and my dad we used to travel around uh, putting up pallet rack and shelving and mezzanines and lockers and stuff. I worked with him for a few years and. You know, he taught me some stuff, and that's that's pretty awesome to be able to do that. You know, and he, and he always used to always want to open his own uh, construction company. You know, even from when I was younger, and I always had the tools, and you know, I was the kind of guy that always steal his tools and take them to the pawn shop. As you know, as bad as I was, and throw him the pawn tickets, or he'd lose his tools. And you know, time and time again, I probably stopped him from starting a business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's, it's awesome that, that I can do it today. Yeah. Uh, yeah you his love and his support for me today, you know, is amazing. And we talk often, you know. Uh, I mentioned my mom and dad's divorce, but, you know, my dad, you know, he's got my back 100%. He lives in Clarksville, and my mom, she lives up there in, the, in uh, Silver Hills. Uh, you know, got her, got her house up there. So it's yeah. nice still having family around. And, yeah, I'm pretty grounded around here, you know. And yeah. My, my, I got a brother that lives across town, and, nice. you know, most of the relatives that I have, most of them still live close by. You just talking about something earlier about, you know, when you dad had missing tools, whether uh-huh. you just misplaced them or what. Yeah. And I remember that growing up all the time, too, man. And now it's, like, turned around on me. I'll be like, where in the hell did that saw go? Yeah. And, and, oh, I took it to the basement. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You need people putting that stuff back where you got it. Yeah. My dad used to rip my ass all the time, find the tools out in the yard. And, uh, yeah, a lot of these tools, like this was my grandfather's, nice. my dad's dad. Same thing, that old drill press there was That's dad. Awesome. So it's, I, I, I uh, used that drill press and this band saw and a couple of the other tools in here when I was a little kid. I about that scroll saw over mm-hmm. I, <clears throat> I run my thumb in it real bad when i was a little kid oh. it was at, actually at my grandma's house they lived up on mccullough pike right by emory lane and uh-huh. pike at uh-huh. the corner right there yeah uh yeah so I, and then we we refurbed it a couple years ago and got it nice. it rocks man it's quiet it's like a sewing machine man yeah it made me think my my dad had his staple going when i was eight or nine years old or so and I thought you pushed on it this way, and it shot it in the ground, so I was going to try to shoot it through the carpet, and I boom like that. Big-ass big staple went through my hand and poked oh, yeah. through the other side. And, uh, I didn't want to tell my dad I was messing with his tools because he probably would have busted my ass. So I went to, went to the bathroom with the butter, and I even pried that thing out yeah. and didn't tell nobody. Uh, <laughs> I had a cousin uh, playing around, and he, he thought the staple gun was empty. And he stuck it up to his temple. Oh. It was just a little short quarter-inch staples, but it still went in his skull and still didn't get pulled out. Uh, it stuck in there really good. I've been shot with the BB. I had a BB right right here on my eye forever. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
in the skin. Playing BB gun wars. We used to do that for, too, forever, man. and it had a pellet right here in my head. Uh, yeah, we used to do that. We'd go down there at Silver Creek or Ohio, where Silver Creek runs yeah. in Ohio, and all those woods down there. Yeah. You're talking about the Gupper Trails. Yeah, yeah. Go run around all those spots around town. Yeah. Most of them trails are gone now. I don't know about Gufford anymore, but, you know, there's a few of us around here in New Albany. And uh -huh. They were little bitty trails, but. They covered them up or yeah, just built houses time, on them. Or, houses, yeah. yeah. Turned them into something. Hmm. Well, it's been a wild ride, uh, and, man, I am glad to be where I'm at today. Oh, you know, definitely, like you know, just reflecting that. over it all the time and, and the change of where it used to be. What I used to be like and what happened and what it's like today, man, is is uh, amazing. Yep. Blessed. Miracle. Truly blessed. Yep. It's a miracle. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's trying to find an easier, softer way, and I found it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> for sure, yeah. You know, the grace and mercy and just this whole deal, you know, the 12-step process is, is, uh, is powerful, super yep. powerful. It really is, man. And I, you know, I will. This this proof in the pudding about it, you know, we've seen it happen and work for people in addiction. But you know, I'm so I'm convinced it's a it's a way of living for anybody that wants to do it. You know, it'll improve your life. It'll improve the quality of your life uh, if you'll just do it. Sure. I always keep a big book on the podcast table when I'm in here, and uh, now and again, people will pick it up, but not real often. Yeah. Can I read this little paragraph real quick? Absolutely. This is, uh, I like reading this a lot, man. It, uh, a little paragraph right here. Vision for You, Chapter 11. It says, for most normal folks, drinking means conviviality, companionship, and a colorful ima imagination. It means release from care, boredom, and worry. It is, it is joyous intimacy with friends and a feeling that life is good, but not so with us in those last days of drinking. The old pleasures were gone. They were but memories. Never could we recapture the great moments of the past. There was an instant yearning to enjoy life as we once did and a heartbreaking obsession that some new miracle of control would enable us to do so. There was always one more attempt and one more failure. Yep. Oh, yeah. That book is magic. Yeah. There's and, a lot of good stuff in and, there. And that right there, you know, sums it up, man. There was always one more attempt and one more failure. Yeah. You know, until I really realized... Uh, that I wanted to live in this solution in, in a different way of life and a design for living uh, that really works. And thank God for them guys that were out there doing it. So I saw that it worked before. Oh, yeah. You know, as much convincing as it took for me, uh, but if it's not for those people out there, so that's where I think where I stand today, you know. It's sure. my turn to stand here and prove to people it works. Exactly, exactly. You know, and I was so hard-headed and uh, terminal unique, I guess. Yeah. You know, uh, and now that I stand here, you know, in, in the sunlight of the spirit, and not to say I'm perfect, because I'm not, uh, but so much better, you know. I'm just, glad Bill said we are not saints. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, and do, try, practicing these principles, man, the best I can on a daily basis, uh, knowing sometimes I can do better. Uh, yeah. But continuing, you know, and, and practicing it, how much better life gets. You know, because today, man, I know I know what's right and what's wrong. You know, I got that feeling in my gut, that God consciousness. And, and when I do wrong, man, I don't like the outcome of it. Yeah. Uh, and, and when I do right, uh, I reap the benefits, you yeah. know. Uh, the gifts of sobriety are bountiful. And, and, 
and amazing, man. Just just the whole spiritual realm of it and, and getting down with the spirit and, uh, you know, people's soul and people's heart. And, and uh, you know, I mentioned materialistic stuff earlier. It's not about all about that. You know, it's it's nice. Don't get it twisted. But it's uh, it's more about being able to talk and communicate and live life and have family and, 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 and true friends and meaningful relationships today. Yeah, uh, you know and that's you know, what I strive for today. Too, you know, we don't get the material stuff comes after yeah, the yeah. spiritual stuff, and we yeah. can have we can have stuff. It's sure. okay. Sure, yeah, but, it's but, nice. But it comes know? from uh, doing this other work. I yeah, think. yeah, and I need to remember that. You know, uh, uh, keep everything in line. You know. Don't let money, property, and prestige divert me from my primary purpose. Because right. it can, you know, and I got to remember that kind of stuff. Staying humble and staying grateful yeah. and uh, continuing to pass, pass blessings on the other people. You know, give blessings, get blessings. Yeah. And I'm a big believer in that today. Yeah. You know, my whole life I've taken from people. Uh, take, take, take from stores and people. And, and that's part of my amends process today. My living amends process is, is, is living right and doing right. Yeah. You're doing a hell of a job, man. Like I said, you caught my eye. Just, you know, I, God does that too, you know, and I see, you know, I mean, and I saw, you know, I saw your post on Facebook and I seen this stuff happening. And yeah. these, these projects coming to life and all that. And sure. Saw, and then when you post a picture of yourself and you see the light on in yeah. your eye, you know. Yeah, and, sure. And it's, then when I first met amazing. you, our lights weren't on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we were struggling. Yes. I was, yeah. I was like, Waking up, shooting dope, and going to Jerry's meditations, you know, yeah. bang. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I, those days when we was doing Jerry's, I was pretending to be sober. Yeah. Uh, back when nobody's looking, um, yeah. I'm still off. But well, I come show up for these things and mm-hmm. pretend to be sober. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, because by the time I, when I got, when I, that house I broke into, I got caught. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sobriety date is still six months after that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it took even after having those consequences laying oh, on yeah. me, I still was playing with it. I was yeah. pre- pretending like I wasn't, you mm-hmm. know, trying not to let I see me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, everybody knows. And, yeah. that's the thing. It's, and know, the worst thing is we know ourselves, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, and, and, and trying to, to manipulate it and, and work it in. That's, that's But I kept coming back, like you said. You exactly. Know? So I'm a product to keep coming back. Yeah. I just kept on coming me back. Too. Kept on coming back. Kept on coming back and eventually you know one day for unknown reasons it stuck yeah and and that's what i used to always say is 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 i don't know why this time i still really don't know why this time 100 percent. but um i know i just become a little bit more willing man and a little bit more honest and a little bit more open-minded and and uh you know god uh God's love filtered in just enough, man. Yeah. Uh, and all that seed planting that was it, happening back yeah, then, you know. And for sure. You just look at that whole thing, and, and that's why I try not to get on the new guys too bad. You know, I will tell them, we have a recipe yeah, that yeah. will give you what you're – I just want to be like you guys. We're here. Yeah. We have a recipe. But Come get it, yeah. You said that earlier, and I know it is – I know that's the root of powerlessness. I know it is. But, you know, there's some times when – there's some times when I just had to pull up my goddamn big boy britches and say no today, you know, and it wasn't fun and I wasn't doing it for anybody else's value, but, and, you know, I see guys that can't say, you know, Mm -hmm. here they are again, you know, Mm -hmm. in the new white chip and then they're gone for a little bit and they're back with another white chip and they got some excuse about why they drank and, oh yeah, uh, it's a choice today, you know, and and it is, and, and 
part of it is, and I choose no, you know. Yeah. Uh, I shoot for permanent sobriety today, a day at a time. Yeah. You know, that's my goal is permanent sobriety. I yeah. do it a day at a time. I do what it takes uh, a day at a time. Some days I got to do a lot more than others. You know, it's 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 it it works. You know, it really does. Uh, you know, you mentioned uh, the the prayer life and meditation in the morning and stuff, and, and I, I backslid from that. Uh, not a hundred percent, but you know, I'd wake up just enough time to get ready and this and that, and just say a short prayer and and uh, not really get my day going like I should. And uh, you know, I'd get the neg- negative consequences from that. Yeah, you just do a course correction. Yeah. You know, you do a little inventory on what I ain't doing today, you know. I mean, most of the time I can put a hole in my program pretty fast, you know, or I can sure. find the hole. You sure. Know, I can go, here's what I ain't doing. Yeah. Anymore. Oh, yeah. It was good when I was doing that, and I stopped. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, well, little, little spot check inventory. Well, my lately has been uh, my physical life. You know, I really got into yoga a few years ago. When I did a lot of yoga, I felt good all the time, man. And, huh. and you know, and then I started working a lot. And I yeah. didn't feel like you know. Yeah. And there at the end of the year in December, I finally said, "No, nope, I'm a." You know, I've been doing the Zoom AA for uh, from the get go. I never dropped that. I didn't like it. Uh-huh. I never yeah. did drop it. I keep on doing that. Sure. Uh, but I wouldn't do the Zoom yoga. Uh-huh. You know, and it just goofy stinking thinking stuff you know and uh, not too long ago i was like there's absolutely no reason for me not to be doing this i don't even have to leave the house yeah you know sign in yeah and uh in practice yoga would be pretty cool you i know, like it I've, it's really changed me i seen you at the gym a lot for a while i don't know if you yeah know, maybe uh, still I, don't know. I was going to the gym tough I, I really need to get back into it once when i kick this business off i haven't been yeah uh, you Same know all it has been all the energy has been in the building of business and and staying going and keeping the guys going and and bids after work and it, you know it's it's uh it's a lot yeah you and know, it's not so, like you're sedentary yeah you know it ain't like i'm sitting around doing nothing yeah it's but, i get paid to work down yeah. paid to work out you know it's it's uh i'm staying busy cardio this and that there's a lot of things i could improve you know less caffeine less nicotine uh step at a time you yeah. know yeah uh, yeah i ain't going to jail for caffeine yeah yeah that's right that's right <laughs> so uh, you know i could definitely work on my 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 eating and my dieting a little bit. Uh, there, there's always more work to be done. Exactly. And that's actually a good thing to me. I like yeah. that. There's always something I can be focusing on improving in my sure. life. Sure. And, and not beat myself up uh, too bad for not working on certain areas. You know, uh, my buddy Matt, man, that's in recovery, he talks about focusing. You know, you see you got a couple different problems. Focus on one of them at a time. Yeah, that's uh, it. I, I twist some of this stuff in there. To me, that's singleness of purpose. Yeah, you okay. Know, we have it in AA, right? We have that singleness of yeah. purpose. But I can also use that in my, per- in my personal life. I see. That when I'm doing something, uh-huh. I just do laser beam single focus sometimes. Because otherwise, I sit around and do 10% of like four or five different things, and I don't get nothing done. Sure. I take I all that and pile it up, then I then I make some progress on this and yeah. I feel better about the fact that I'm pushing this and down the pipe. Nice, nice. I say it with quite a few things that comes to me. You know, there's a lot of these words that have expanded and broadened their meaning, you know, like that singleness of purpose and like you know, your own conception of God, you know. Uh, yeah. I can have my own conception of a lot of things, my own conception of meditation, my own conception sure. of what my physical life is as far as uh, working out and that uh-huh. kind of stuff. And, sure, sure. Uh, 
you know, allow. Nice. And then the flip side of that is it allows me to live with a lot more grace in my life because then I get to also allow you to have your own conception and not settle for judging you because you nice. ain't doing what I yeah. do or, yeah. or you're doing more than I'm doing. I get that. I get that. Good stuff. Yeah. It is good. Awesome journey. Well, I heard a little bit ago you sighed, and a lot of times you'll hear that here, like a guy will be like to the end, you know, and you'll hear that sigh. <laughs> you know, I'll pick up on it, you know. It's like a, uh, like a, I'm complete with my story tonight, you know. Uh, I feel like I'm at a pretty good point, unless you want to talk about something yeah, else. No, you, I, well, it doesn't matter to me, but I yeah. hear that, and it kind of starts running out of gas and, I, and uh, from a standpoint of the podcast. Uh, but then, you know, sometimes I turn off my goddamn mics and should have kept it rolling. Yeah, you know, yeah. I sit around here talk to somebody for <laughs> half hour, like, if I'm going to do that, I might as well be putting out content. Mm-hmm. I made made a commitment to myself there when I when I jumped out here and did this in January at nineteen and uh, made a commitment to put out new content once a week yeah. on Sunday mornings and I've missed a few uh-huh. uh, sure. not very many sure but I've missed a few yeah I'm gonna have to check more of them out uh, COVID kind of hit and then you know I do some other kind of you know some stuff that's just not interviews either like a buddy of mine uh, three of them went out to Colorado last year elk hunting. Nice. And when they come back, I had them sit down and tell the story. Uh-huh. You know, and we recorded it and uh-huh. put it out there. And then I'm going this year. So this most recent podcast episode was we, we sit here and planned, yeah. talked about planning and all that, and recorded a damn planning meeting. You there know? you go. Cool. And uh, take some people along for the ride. But those are, the, again, it's the stuff that I get to do. That's right. It's a little bit taking people along for the ride and what a recovered life looks like, you know, and you sure. get to do that kind of stuff. Nice. Uh, it's gonna be around the corner, and it's coming up quick. I have a men's retreat every spring too, where I, I got a I got a piece of property uh, about 54 acres out in Orange County between nice. English and Paoli, uh-huh. up against the Hoosier National Forest. Uh-huh. Uh, cool. In 1999, Dad and my brother and I built a log cabin. I've seen pictures of that on Facebook. Or yeah, something. probably have. Yep. Yeah. And so nice. now you know, and it was built on you know. Booze and dope. You know, yeah. and dad doesn't do any of that, but me and Neil out there working, you know, <laughs> yeah. and we're kicking the fears down all day while we're working yeah. and all that. But now we've turned it around, man. I have these sober men's retreats down there. And nice. I'm going actually going down this weekend to take a couple kids and uh, and some families. Nice. Going and share it with people and that's you know, awesome. And it's completely changed the energy. It used to be a place to go hide away and drink. Yeah, yeah. yeah and now I get to use it. And that's where I go I, when I do a fist step with the guy. That's where I take them. I have we'll positive vibes out there and yeah, stuff. It's got it's a pretty, lot that's of positive cool. vibes. Yeah. Take them down there, and we go like on Friday afternoon after work, and we fly, drive down there and cook up some food and do a fifth step, and I have them do six and seven while yeah. we're there. Nice. And uh, and wake up in the morning and come back home and makes that you know, refresh makes, makes this uh, process real special. Sure. Where you're actually like celebrating the process, I really like yeah. to add that into my sponsorship to make yeah, things, sure. making this a big deal. Because if sure. you do it right, it is going to be a big it, deal. It it's going to be That's right. life changing. Yep, life changing yep. for sure. So I try to introduce that, and so that place and just the blessings. And you know, I had that beforehand, but mm-hmm. uh, I joke around and say, you know, now I go. Um, this year, COVID is kind of small group, but it was cool because it was small, mm-hmm. uh, a lot more intimate. A lot of people didn't want to come, and this was back in May. So yeah, you know, uh, yeah, world's crazy right yeah, now, you yeah, know. Yeah, and it still isn't much different. Yeah, 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 I know it. Not. I know it. Uh, and yeah, it's uh, just all those blessings and stuff, and that I get to ways I get to participate in my recovery, participate in 
the lives of the other people were covering nice. too. Nice. It's pretty awesome. Cool. Well, we'll wrap it up. Yeah. I have yeah. a couple of things I say. You want any, got any final words you want to say? If you got something you want to say to the newcomer or any other thing? Or uh, just I always say a concluder. Concluder. You know, some concluding uh, thoughts. Just uh, big thing, man, is, is start trusting, relying on God in, in, in prayer life. You know, if uh, you're desperate and, and want to change, you know, work on prayer life and building a strong support group and and uh, sponsorship and the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous and, and uh, hitting the meetings and actually doing this deal, getting in the middle of it. Because until I actually got in the middle of it and wholeheartedly wanted it and, and uh, the 100% admission of the powerlessness and unmanageability in my life, um, until, I, until I really got that to the core, man, of my, my heart and my soul and, and that, uh, you know, alcohol and dope was a poison to me, uh, and uh, that I was completely insane, and and I really needed help, and and uh, you know tapping into that higher power uh, of my conception, you know the God of my understanding, and and uh, actually cleaning house and and looking at it, all that garbage, uh, you know that backpack of trash that I was carrying around that weighed me down, and and looking at that, and and uh, my part in all that situation, and and. and and the whole thing about me just being completely selfish and self-centered and dishonest and inconsiderate and and, and fearful and uh, changing it, you know, and making changes and and uh, you know uh, the 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 men's process and and doing this deal and like we were just talking about giving back to others uh, is is a big deal today, you know. Uh, it's the primary purpose to stay sober and, and to give it away. Uh, you know, to, to the people that's still suffering and, and just normal people out there as well. You know, you don't have to be suffering to, to, to help somebody, uh, you know, and it's all about that change. And uh, and sometimes, a lot of times, it's uncomfortable because we're comfort, comfortable and familiar. <clears throat> you know, I was comfortable living that lifestyle, comfortable being in jail. Uh, as crazy as that was, you know, I got comfortable in them kind of places. Uh, and knowing today that I don't have to live like that mm-hmm. and, and putting that one foot in front of the other uh, and staying prayed up and doing the next right thing is powerful. You know, it's powerful. Here's so, my conclusion. Thanks, man. Thank yeah, you. You said something, and I know that you have poker at your house now and again, and here's yeah. what I say about that. You said get in the middle of it. Uh, in 2015, when my sobriety date is, I finally pushed all my chips to the middle of the table. Yeah, buddy. I pushed them all out there. All in. in. All in. And, yeah. Uh, and, and, man, what I didn't know I was doing that then. Yeah, sure. Without desperation. Yeah, not that's right. I wanted to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, I get that. When I put all my chips in the middle of the table, uh, this thing started paying off. Yeah. As uh, long as I kept on just nickel diamond and ante. Yeah, that's right. Uh, put them all in there and keep them in there. Yeah. So I close with the same two things every time in these two uh, little little uh, sayings. I maybe need to look for something new, but I think I'll stick with them. First one is, if you're not enjoying your sobriety, it's your own damn fault. That's right. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> thank you, everyone out there, listeners. Uh, thank you all for allowing Stephen and I to participate in our recoveries in this yeah. manner tonight. That's right. Peace thank you. out. Peace out.